Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. From Orange County. I had no idea that was your husband. To New Jersey. I never expected this. Tepping up, tepping up. Get behind the scenes and relive the drama. Don't talk to him. He's a little twerk. All of this is unimportant to me. With exclusive interviews and celebrity guests. Let me tell you something right now. This is Getting Real with the Housewives. Fabulous. Going with the wind, Fabulous. Now, here is your host. Hey guys, welcome to Getting Real with the Housewives, a new Real Housewives podcast from right here at Us Weekly, where we break down all your latest Housewives news, give you exclusive interviews with your favorite ladies, and dish the dirt on all things Real Housewives related. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. And I'm your co-host, Joe Drake. And before we get started, we want to make sure you know that you can listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this week, we catch up with Dorit Kemsley, Teddy Mellencamp, Erica Jane, and the newest New York housewife, Leah McSweeney, who reveals what it's really like being a housewife in the Big Apple. But first, let's catch you up on all your Housewives news. Joe, what is going on? All right, let's jump into Housewives news because I am so ready to talk to you about all these Housewives you talked to this week. It was a slew of them. Oh, my God. Seriously, it was like one after the other. It was literally back to back to back. But uh, we got a ton of great content that we're going to roll out the next couple of weeks. So I know, definitely I looking wait. forward to it. Yeah, right, it's crazy. Well, let's jump in because another sad story came out of New Jersey. Jennifer Aiden was tested positive coronavirus. I know. Our first housewife that tested positive. Our first housewife. It was, it was Andy. And now it's starting to hit the housewives, which... It's no real surprise because obviously, Christina, you live in New Jersey. I'm here in New York. And obviously it's been very crazy here in these states. Yeah. I mean, this is where the hotspots are. So, you know, it was just kind of like a matter of time. You know, she's got a a, ton, a bunch of kids, too. Right. So, But it seems like she's kind of on the mend. She'd been sick for about 10 days, but is recovering now. Yeah. She revealed her diagnosis on Wednesday, April 8th. And like you said, had been sick for about 10 days. Um, her symptoms actually started back on March 30th, but of course she self-isolated from Bill and her, their five children and is starting to feel better. So what, what I thought was interesting is we know how much money they have and Bill works in the health care field. Mm-hmm. He actually brought a test home for her. I, which, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like feel bad that she's sick and I'm glad she feels better. But the part of me is like, how lucky she must have been to have gotten an at-home test. <laughs> right, yeah, that her husband could just do for her so yeah, she doesn't have to is, wait in line at the yeah. drive throughs and things no, like that. No, for real, you know? that is some housewife's privilege, Miss Jennifer Aiden. <laughs> seriously, seriously, must be nice. But we yeah. wish her a speedy, uh, speedy recovery and Absolutely. you know, it sounds like she's on the mend, so that's good. Yes. Speaking of more Jersey Housewives news, this was uh, such a sad story with Teresa Judice's dad passing away. You know, he was sick for a while, but... But, you know, it's nonetheless heartbreaking. I know. It was just last week we signed off of uh, recording our podcast last Friday. And I found out that he passed on uh, April 3rd. 
Um, Giacito Gorga. Obviously, they named their daughter, Teresa and Joe named uh, their daughter Gia after him. I mean, we saw in the past few episodes of The Real Housewives of New Jersey that he was in poor health, um, which obviously doesn't make it any easier. But I think everyone sort of knew that um, the time maybe was coming for him, unfortunately. I mean, but he was such a big part of the New Jersey franchise. I remember one of the last episodes so many people were commenting because he was up cooking octopus at like 10 a.m in Teresa's house like this (laughs) was the kind of Italian character he was he really was he really was and you know he would just was never really the same after his wife passed away you know she died a few years ago of pneumonia it seems like he died of pneumonia you know he's been in and out of the hospital for uh, a number of months um, it just, you know, it's, it's so, so sad. And, you know, in all the posts that they, that they shared about him, you know, they said that he reunited with his wife and, you know, that they're happy that that was able to happen. But, you know, it's, it's still such a heartbreaking story because he moved in with Teresa after his wife passed away. So she's been living with him for a number of years. Right. And these, um, these families in New Jersey, as I'm sure you know, Christina, it's like these Italian, mm-hmm. they, no, they're really like family oriented. I don't know everybody pretty much is in their families, but there's something yeah. specific about these Italian Jersey families that really, you know, as they said back in the early housewives days, Caroline Manzo, they're thick as thieves, these people. You yeah, know? no, they were, they really are. And, and you saw the outpouring, you know, even though Joe Judice and Teresa are no longer together, he posted a ton of, uh, Posts about uh, his father-in-law, you know, honoring him. You know, he got to see him before he passed away when he went to go visit him in Italy. So, uh, you know, that was really touching as well. Definitely. And the family got together this week, which I was happy to see because I've been thinking a lot about this in this pandemic times that we're going through, which is, of course, very troubling and sad for everybody. But how do people gather to sort of mourn their loved ones? But it was nice to see that uh, the Gorgas and the Judices and everybody got together. I saw all the granddaughters were together releasing doves into the air and Teresa and Joe Gorga were there to um, record it. And it was just a nice, nice thing to see that they were able to celebrate his life together. Yeah. Oh, well, we wish them well in their time of healing. So yes. Never, never easy. Right. All right. Let's move on to some uh, housewife feuds because, you know, we can't go a week without a housewife feud. Oh, absolutely. Um, so this week, it's all about Nini versus Candy. Nini went on a rant on Instagram Live and Candy was calling her out on it pretty much, right? Yeah. I feel like last week, weren't we just talking about Nini versus Eva? And what did I say? Right. Nini does this. She knows it's the housewives formula to keep herself relevant. Nini, yeah. if you're listening, yes, I would say this to your face. Listen, <laughs> I mean, she knows that I think to keep herself relevant, she needs to sort of keep talking about these other ladies. And it almost seems like she's doing it week after week and no one is safe from her wrath no. of ranting. Yeah, seriously. So what happened was she was on an Instagram live with Tamar Braxton, and she basically said that there are women in the housewives who get their own spinoff shows, and she's never got one, and those women block her from getting her own spinoff shows, which, I mean, obviously she's talking about Candy because Candy right. has had a ton of spinoff shows. Which I have forgotten how many she had. I- 
I'm actually quite surprised. I am too, <laughs> to be honest, because I love Candy, but the fact that she's gotten a handful and the others haven't doesn't really make sense to me. But who knows? No, because you would think that um, you would think that Nini would be the one to be getting these spinoff shows right. because she's such a, a such a character, but. Anyway, so Candy went off pretty much in response and was like, I don't have the power over Bravo to decide who gets a spinoff and who doesn't. Well, she definitely if, doesn't. No, she doesn't. No, so no. it's not up to Candy. And if it and if somebody's coming to you with a spinoff idea, you're going to take it. Absolutely. I mean, clearly Nini's jealous. That's what I'm hearing. Oh. Totally. Yeah, she's totally you know? jealous. I mean, I mean, because Kim uh, Zolciak, she's had her own spinoff shows, you know. Right. Candy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about all that. Yeah. You know, but Bethany here's the has thing. had her Nini, own. Yeah. But Nini went on to be on The New Normal, remember, with Andrew Rannells on NBC. Right. Like, she went on to be on sitcoms. So, like, yeah, Nini. Wasn't you, she on Glee? Yeah. It's like, you're yeah. good, girl. <laughs> right. You're okay. Yeah. So... I don't know. Nini's just being Nini, I guess. The interesting thing, though, before we move on to the next story about these Instagram lives is it's just the two of them. Like Bravo reps can't be in. So like these celebrities are just like totally unhinged. Yes. No, that is <laughs> like, so when true. they log yeah. on with each other. It's just unfiltered uh-huh. goodness. <laughs> I kind of love it. I I kind of yeah. love it. I think it's great. Um, but it is funny, though, that you mentioned that because doing interviews from home with even some of the ladies, there are no bra. Sometimes there are some reps on the call, but sometimes there's not. And then they're like, right. I don't know if I should say this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. You can say it because nobody's there to tell them no. <laughs> so course, it's definitely yes. funny. It's definitely funny. All right. Let's move on to our next story. Uh, poor... Poor Vicki Gumbelson. She might not be an Orange County housewife anymore, but we still got to talk about her because she is uh, postponing her wedding due to everything that's going on. I feel so bad. I know. Well, I have to be honest. I kind of forgot she was engaged. I did, too, until I saw this story. <laughs> until the story got brought up about her postponing her wedding. I was like, oh, yeah, Steve Lodge. Yes. Which, he was at BravoCon with her, and they're very cute together and seem like a fairly normal couple all things considered but mm-hmm. i don't know it slipped my mind but like tinsley like we talked about last week they're gonna have to postpone their wedding too i mean it's just the times we're living in right now i know it's so true yeah we it was supposed to happen this month yeah um she was supposed to get married same thing with lala ken and randall you know they were supposed to get married this oh, month right. and they have to postpone oh, their wedding yeah yeah, so it's too soon to really pick a new date. Who knows when and how weddings are even going to look in the next couple months. I know, so, I know. Uh, well, I think Lala and Randall's was probably a lot more extravagant than Vicky and Steve's. But I'm sure, yeah. It is just a lot to sort of rearrange because there's so really much money is. and time and everything that goes into planning a wedding. I know. I, I, I know somebody that was supposed to get married in May and now they have to move it to next May. So it's no just way. Uh, a so year, bad. a year, because the dates that the place was giving them were like <gasps> Thursday morning. And she's like, I'm not getting married on like Thursday morning. I'm going to I'll just move it to next wow. year. So that yeah, is crazy. crazy. Well, the good yeah. thing about Vicky and Steve is and I don't mean to be ageist, but they're of a certain age that it's like, hey, when all this is over, just hop down to City Hall with your family and sure. friends. Mm-hmm. And then go to brunch. I don't know. Yeah. No, totally. Yes. Do it like a Sex in the City movie wedding. Totally. Just go to a diner. After. <laughs> that yes. was exactly what I was thinking. You read my mind. I love it. 
All right, let's move on to some more couple news. And this is not so happy couple news. Yes, uh, Megan King Emmons versus Jim Emmons. This has been going on for way too long. Like the the two of them just can't seem to figure out how to co-parent together or even get along together. So what happened was he's tested positive for coronavirus and pneumonia. Uh, He got injured hitting his head on a shower door. He accused her of taking the kids away from him. It's It's a big old mess, right? Yeah, he is not having a good couple of weeks, <laughs> needless no, to no, say. I no. mean, I feel bad for him because of all of this. Obviously, I don't wish any ill will of anyone that, you know, is diagnosed with coronavirus and pneumonia, let alone injures themselves in their own bathroom. But at the same <laughs> time, the Jim Megan King Edmonds whole saga is probably my number one thing that I am over regarding the housewives world. I just feel like 100% give it a rest. These two. Yeah, It's almost like they do it. So people write stories about them I, because yeah, otherwise we wouldn't be a hundred percent. I feel I, like it's I, very I, transparent at this point. I mean, she went on TikTok and did this sort of lip syncing thing and talking about her ex, which like obviously all signs point to Jim. So like, of course, I don't it's know. It's so ridiculous. So so this has been going on since I think back in October when they first split and she accused him of cheating on her with the nanny. Right. He said Which no. That was, that was pretty juicy at the time. I it will was say. juicy. Yes, I wasn't. <laughs> I was thoroughly invested in it back then. But now right. it's just yeah. like it's like, give it up. Do it for your kids. Get along. Absolutely. Put all this behind you, especially with everything going on in the world. Like there's much more important things to worry about. And it should be your family and your health. And obviously they're not putting that at the forefront. A hundred percent. And she's just like, she's not on the show anymore. And I know Vicky's not on the show, but Vicky's an OG. And so like, of course, v- Vicky Gunvalson will always talk about, but someone like Megan King Edmonds, it's like, it almost seems like she wants to get back on the show. And so and so does Jim. So they're like yeah. both doing all this nonsense to keep things relevant, like you said. So who knows? I wonder if I wonder if Andy would let them back on the show. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think if I think if they weren't being so desperate, they could get a spinoff, which would probably piss Nini off. I mean, like <laughs> sure, there, yeah. <laughs> there's a Megan King Edmonds and Jim Edmonds show there somewhere. And I think there's right. a lot of people that would watch. I might not care as much, but there's, you know, they're their own soap opera. They really are. They yeah. they really are. Well, speaking of soap operas, we have to talk about Dorit because as we know, she and her husband PK had some various legal trouble since her time on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But now that their legal drama is behind them, she can actually talk about it. And she did that with us this week. So take a listen to this. You kind of put a big chapter behind you with, you know, everything going on with you and PK and your lawsuits and things like that. That had to be a great weight lifted off your shoulders, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and I had maintained from the beginning that, you know, it was in the the right hands and I couldn't really talk about it, although, you know, everybody wanted to. There were a lot of things that came out in the press that that weren't true. And it's very difficult when you're fighting something with your hands tied behind your back. Yeah. So for us, we always knew that it was going to be resolved and get resolved. And it was a matter of time and um, and justice. And, and so for us, it was very freeing. Of course, very happy that it's behind us and not in front of us. And we're able to just, um, you know, be done with it. Right. I'm sure that's extremely frustrating, like seeing headlines that aren't true and you, you want to talk, but you can't. Yes, very, very, very. And you just have to 
um, you know, try for it not to affect you uh, in your family, really, you know, because it does. And you, you kind of live in this world where, you know, that's going to happen inevitably. And when it, it hits home, um, you know, like that, it's difficult to have that hard outer shell. Mm-hmm. Um, but you learn, you learn to, and we stay strong as a family and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. How did it affect your family? Did it make you guys stronger? Yeah, I think it did, you know, because my husband and I have the type of relationship where we really, um, support one another. And so if I was feeling low or, you know, sad, you know, he really just knows how to boost me up and vice versa. Um, and you know, when you can come out of any kind of, uh, conflict or you go through things together, it it inevitably makes you stronger Mm -hmm. if you survive it because you know how to go through it together. Yeah. Um, you know, I was always, and I always will be on my husband's side and, and vice versa. Um, so for us, it was just a matter of time. Yeah. Would you say that you and PK are in maybe the best place you guys have ever been? Now that you're spending all this time together too. <laughs> yeah, we are. We yeah. are. I mean, luckily we've always had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we are. We're, we're very much in our, our love bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been together uh, almost 10 years. So, and I, I would say we got to know one another very quickly. I mean, I when I met PK, I thought I had known him my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, um so yeah, I mean, things are good, thank goodness. Yeah, do you have something big planned for the 10 year anniversary? Well, um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see where yeah. the world is, truth. Exactly. It'd be yeah. nice to be able to go away somewhere, just the two mm-hmm. of us, but right now that just seems like, um, you know, wishful thinking. And how's it been spending so much time with PK? Because you know, you hear from a lot of people like this is either gonna make or break a marriage, right? (laughs) Crazy statistic the other day that divorces are up Mm -hmm. and most of the people that I know know somebody that's already filed for divorce. Really? Um, Yes, yes. I was like surprised and then I took a moment, I thought about it and I said, well, I guess that makes sense. You know, I can see that. Thankfully, PK and I, we enjoy being together. So, you know, we we are not having a problem spending this much time together. We're also grateful for it. Um, and like I said, we get into a routine and, you know, PK gets up in the morning and he does his thing, you know, and he's on the phone and doing all the things that he's doing. So we're really operating normally in a very abnormal time. Definitely. Is there anything about him or anything about you that's getting on each other's nerves? Oh God, I'm sure. I mean, you'd have to ask him. Um, but as far as he goes, the only thing that that irritates me, to be honest with you, because, and I do, I like to cook and I like to cook for my family. I don't like to cook like throughout the day, all day, every day when one or another person is hungry. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'd like to be able to cook lunch and everybody eats. And I'd sure. like to cook dinner and everybody eats. Right, you're like, I'm not a chef. I'm not like in the kitchen all day long. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's the only thing. It's like, no, you all have to be hungry at the same time. Yeah. Or at least PK, you need to be hungry when the kids are hungry. I'm glad to see that Dorit and her husband are in a good place because if you remember back in February, there were all these rumors that they might not be together anymore, that they right. might be splitting. But it seems like... She said that they are in the best place that they have been in a really long time. They're getting along during this quarantine. 
Meanwhile, everybody's been telling me that they're getting along during this quarantine. I don't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> where's, the, where's the honesty? It. Where's the honesty? Where's, yeah, I'm like, because my husband and I have been fighting every single day. I was I don't just going to say, Christina, you, you told me something <laughs> offline that you are not necessarily getting along with Mike all the time. Right. I'm like, there's no way you're trapped in the house with somebody for, you know, 24-7. No, that's I, normal. Call, it is. Yeah. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe any of this BS. Um, but anyway, she did say that, you know, she's happy to kind of move on. And she always had her husband's back. And uh, she never doubted that they would kind of go out on the other side of all this legal drama. So good for What's them. What's interesting about the Dorit PK thing that makes me think about, you know, I've, I've always said, like, if approached to do a reality show that, like, was somewhat tasteful, I would probably consider it. But stories like Dorit remind me that, like, your ske- the skeletons in your closet will come out if you are on a successful reality show. And that includes like legal issues, which you probably don't want the world to know because your family and friends then find out that like you're in financial despair. I mean, Right. Totally. Re- yeah. Regardless of what's true or not, like people will find documents, people will find photos, people like there's a lot of things that can be revealed about you that I don't think Dorit and PK necessarily signed up for. Right. I know. So but we'll see how that all kind of plays out next week when the show uh, airs. Yes. You know, she addresses it and kind of she's ready to move on. All right. Speaking of moving on, let's go on to our clip of the week. So we mentioned Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is back April 15th, and so are the brand new taglines. I love a new tagline, as we already discussed about the New York ladies, and I think these are great. What do you think? Oh, I love them. Let's take a listen. Around here, there's more than just dresses in everyone's closet. The secret to life? Dance like everyone is watching. I won't settle for anything less than everything. Life is an audition, and honey, I am getting that part. You never know what to expect when I'm expecting. Break a leg? Not in these heels, honey. My life may not be a fairy tale, but I'll always get a happy ending. Okay, so who has your favorite tagline? All right. I think I got to give this one to Denise Richards because (laughs) she mentions the happy ending that had everyone talking when she was talking about it. And I think it was her, her first season. Um, Mm -hmm. and she was just being very honest about allowing her husband to get a massage with a happy ending, which I think all the (laughs) ladies and everyone around America was like, wow, what an interesting wife. Um, But the fact that she that they incorporated that into her tagline, I thought was brilliant. What about you? I thought it was I mean, definitely. Denise got the best one. Even Teddy, when I talked to her, she was like, yes, hands down. Denise got the best tagline. So all the ladies agree as well. I will say I like Erica's tagline, but her delivery wasn't good. And see, I've. I'm such a housewives fanatic that like I listen for how they deliver it, because if it's written well, you should be able to deliver it in a certain way. And some of them just sound a little maybe monotone. 
Like they needed to be directed a little bit more. I don't know. Right. Totally. Totally. But I can't wait for this season. Yes. All right. So let's move on to some of the interviews that we uh, had this week. So like we said, this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is actually going to look a little different now that Lisa Vanderpump is not there. So we asked Erica and Teddy what it was like without Lisa. Take a listen. You know, you, you do say in the first episode that it was so great that you all did get so close, you know, last summer. Were you surprised that you guys got so close? And why do you think it was maybe this time that, you know, you kind of all let your guard down and, were, you know, became a really close group, group of friends? Well, there was a big shift last year. You know, we lost a cast member and lost a cast member in the middle of conflicts. And when that happens, five of us, um, you know, we became close. And I think that certain things bond you. We've It's been years now that I've known these women and, and um because of that experience, I think that we all sort of opened up a little bit more to each other and things are different, you know, whenever you shift. Will the words puppy gate be mentioned at all this season? No, I don't think one word. I don't think one word. No, Lucy, Lucy, apple juicy. Even though I think I saw her at the dog park. Oh, really? <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, you know, in the first episode, you know, the magic of editing, we do see a little uh, subtle shade to Lisa. Have you had any sort of contact with her at all? Have, you know, did you feel... The, uh, her presence missed at all this season? I haven't seen her at all, but you know, before I had met her on the show, I had never seen her at all either. So to me, you know, I think I said my piece on how I felt about that situation. And I kind of just have to leave it at that and focus on all of the like big personalities and friends that I do have on the show. Obviously there was so much conflict last season with Lisa. I mean, do we mention Puppygate at all this season or is that? Oh, I think we've all moved on. I mean, there may be one. I certainly did not. As you notice, I didn't even address who that person was in the, when we first started talking because that's like in the past for me. But, um, and you know, I want, I want to say this, we have a, a really nice cast of hardworking women that have shown up and made the best show possible and given our heart, soul, family, time, money. And I get irritated when I keep hearing the past because we are in this present moment and we have worked our asses off to create a great show. Yeah, that's I, how I feel about it. No, totally. I mean, I, I, I agree with you because, you know, like you said, somebody just didn't show up, kind of left everything and everybody's still talking about it. Yeah, it's not our fault. You know, I mean, it just isn't. So they seem to be super positive that this season is going to be a lot better without Lisa being there, pretty much. I mean, even though Lisa really wasn't there for the second half of the last season anyway, you know, she didn't show up to the reunion. So we kind of know what a season without Lisa is going to look like. Totally. You're so right. I think it would be a little bit more drastic if she was a part of the reunion and very much a part of last season. But like you said, her trickling out gave us a preview of what it could be like. And I still think last season held strong throughout. So... I think these ladies are good to go without LVP. I do too. And I'm yeah. so happy that Puppygate will not be mentioned at all this yeah, season. I'm, they reassured I, us. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> thank God. All right. But like we said, don't worry. There will still be plenty of drama. The girls talk all about Denise Richards, which we will give to you next week. But Dorit teased us that the tension that she has this season is with Kyle and Teddy. Take a listen. We see in the trailer that you and Kyle kind of go at it a little bit this season. 
Yeah, we do. Little Kyle and I, we have our moments for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing about Kyle and I uh, that I really appreciate in our friendship is that we, we can have our disagreements and we can go at one another. And I think because we're so comfortable in our friendship, you know, that we can get really heated and go at one another and then knowing that we can find a way to resolve it. Yeah. You know, it's not forever, you know, and it doesn't ever feel like forever, but we have a difference of opinion quite a bit in this season. Yeah, did you walk away from this season? Obviously, I'm sure feeling a lot better than last season, but did you feel like, okay, I, I feel good about this. <laughs> There's yes, nothing to be too I, nervous I, about. <laughs> yes, but it would surprise you to tell you, it would surprise you if I told you that. I felt good in other seasons. Mm -hmm. And then I sat there thinking, what? <laughs> um, no, I mean, listen, like with everything, when you do it uh, long enough, it becomes a little easier. Mm -hmm. So sure, there were challenging moments in this season, much like there always is. Yeah. Um, but no, the heat wasn't necessarily only on me, which was, sorry to say, but a nice change. Sure. I'm like, somebody else can, can do this. I'm just going to sit back and relax and drink yeah. my drinks. And then how are things with you and Teddy this season? You know, obviously the trailer is editing magic. Um, but, you know, you, you, you call her judgy. She admitted that she's judgy this season. You know, she's pregnant. She's hormonal. Um, but how are how is your relationship this season? You know, we have, we've made really big strides. I think Teddy and I, um, we do tease one another. Um, she's we're very different in personalities you know and then we have some similarities but yeah she is she she can be judgmental i'm not sure i'd say you know just when she's pregnant right <laughs> honest but, but yes i did call her out on it and um you know that's the fun of the show also is that you know being able to call people out when you do have a difference of opinion yeah um but also you know not in a nasty way per se. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, Teddy and I were good. I mean, we, you know, we also will have our moments um, and that's okay. But no, we're not front and center, you yeah. know, with, with any issues. Uh, yeah. But also this season, we have some new faces, um, Garcelle and Sutton. What do you, what did they bring to the mix and what was your first impression? Um, I loved Garcelle right off the bat. Um, she loved you, by the way. I saw it was no. yesterday. <laughs> I love her. I love her. We immediately hit it off. She's got a, such a great personality. She's got the kind of personality that, uh, you know, I vibe really well with. And I could see us being friends, um, you know, well after the show, even in the show. And, um, and she's got, you know, she's got a lot of she's got charisma. She's beautiful. She's just got... Uh, a lot of charm and Sutton is you know very different from Garcelle and it for me it took like a second because she's a little, a little bit more quirky and she has a tendency to say things things come out of her mouth and you're just kind of like what wait a minute you know <laughs> let me feel this person out a little bit particularly being on this show you know when you meet new people you have to kind of have a little bit of a your guard up because, you know, that's the nature of the show, if you will. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, but Sutton really is, she's, you know, a really nice Southern girl. And, uh, you know, ultimately once I got to know her, um, I understood her better. Do you think it was a smooth transition for both of them? I think for Sutton, it was um, not as smooth of a beginning. 
mm-hmm. um, which was very interesting. You know, she and I liked this and respected this about her is that she's not afraid to to give her opinion. And I think that's what's really important. Um, you know, with us ladies is that the main thing and what makes this show so interesting is that it's a group of women who are independent, successful moms, wives, um, you know, what have you, but we have an opinion and we're not afraid to share it. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes a good housewife. Yeah. And I thought that was, I really appreciated and respected that about her. Even if I didn't agree with it, I respect that in someone. so yeah, I mean, she came in and she had opinions and she, you know, things came out. Now we're, we're used to Dorit kind of going at it with Teddy. So this is, uh, you know, she says Teddy is judgy. Teddy agrees that she is judgy. So interesting <laughs> we'll see that play out. You know, Dorit and Teddy made up though. So the fact that they, they might be in um, not so good terms again is sort of interesting to me. But what doesn't surprise me is this, Kyle, Teddy, our buddy, buddy, and everybody knows right. it. I mean, everyone was sort of saying that Teddy sort of kisses up to her. And right, yeah. It. I mean, I love Teddy and I love Kyle, but Teddy's not doing anything to negate those opinions from people. I mean, she, no. she sort of is very much behind Kyle and... There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, really. Right. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Okay. But it's not all about Beverly Hills. Let's jump on over to the East Coast and talk about the new housewife shaking things up in New York. We recently spoke to Aaliyah McSweeney all about her first season. I've been asking all the girls, which housewife would you want to be quarantined with and which would you not want to be quarantined with? Are you asking me that? Yeah. I mean, I... Okay. (laughs) I would definitely... um, want to be quarantined with Dorinda and I would not want to be quarantined with Ramona. <laughs> Sorry, Ramona. <laughs> I need like a free zone right now. I love that. I love that. So, I mean, let's talk about this new season. We're so excited to have you on. We've been fans of uh, New York for, you know, forever for 12 seasons. What was it like getting that phone call from Andy, I would imagine being like, okay, you are now the brand new New York housewife. Um, so Andy, it wasn't from Andy. It was someone from the production company. And I was just very happy, but also like very terrified at the same time. And it all like happens very quickly because you get the call and then very quickly you have to start filming, you know? So it was surreal. It was very surreal. Yeah. Were you a fan of the show for years before this? Of course. I'm a fan of the franchise. It's not like I was watching New York, like, fanatically or anything like that. But, of course, this the past season, since I knew I was possibly going to be on the show, I was watching it. Yeah. Kind of. Is it true that Bethany helped cast you? Is that true? I've never met Bethany, okay. but um, I believe she did give my name. Yeah. Production. We followed each other on Instagram. Nice. Were you a little disappointed that you wouldn't be able to film with her at all? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I would imagine that it's got to be a little intimidating kind of going into this group of women, but were they welcoming? I mean, I've talked to Luann, I've talked to Dorinda, I've talked to Ramona, and they have nothing but wonderful things to say about you. They think that you're fantastic, but was it very intimidating for you going in? I really, like, I have such a special place in my heart for all of them. Of course, like, some I hit it off right away. Uh, some 
it took a little longer to like warm up to me and for me to warm up to them. And, you know, obviously like there's a big age gap between me and, and them. And sometimes that I feel like maybe with Ramona, it was like, like a mother daughter kind of situation where we were like hard on each other actually. But um, for the most part, I mean, I, I adore them. I really do. Yeah, that's what Ramona was saying. She was like, I kind of feel, she's like, I'm old enough to be her her mother. And I kind of look at her as like a, a daughter type, which I think is great. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so what was the most intimidating part about joining this group? I think, well, Dorinda was definitely the hardest on me in the beginning, but it didn't last long. And then it's like, once you get past that like once I got past this kind of like um you know she was like a little cold to me but once you get past it she's actually like the warmest yeah. of everybody but I feel like the most in- the, I, you know it wasn't really joining the group that was intimidating it was more like the okay I'm gonna be on tv now and I'm not an anonymous person going through the world anymore which was kind of like a mind f <laughs> yeah I would imagine I mean how do you feel about that like this, like, you know, next week, your life is about to completely change once everybody kind of gets introduced to you. I don't know. I stopped, like, thinking about it or worrying about it or whatever. I'm excited. I can't wait for people to watch the show. I really yeah. can't wait. What, what was your family's reaction? And are they, you know, okay with you doing this, I would imagine, since you're doing it? My parents were happy. My brother and sister, everyone was happy for me. There was no, like, well, this is the thing. There was like a situation with my mom that me and my mother were having that I really like tried hiding mm-hmm. from the producer from the show, but it's very hard to do that. And so actually, you know, we ended up, it ended up playing out on camera. I really couldn't hide it. And so it actually helped because it forced me and my mother to address the situation. Mm-hmm. We yeah. had no choice. We had dress it so everybody will see that right it's almost like a form of therapy reality tv <laughs> yeah basically and she's a therapist but it was a form of therapy <laughs> yes and are we going to be seeing your daughter on as well yes kiki's on the show her dad is on the show my sister's on the show and my mom is on it a good amount Nice. What I mean, besides, you know, maybe that conversation with your mom, what was the most difficult part of this season for you? There was, um, there was an all cast trip that was kind of without getting into details. It was just for whatever reason, things just went a little south and it was, it was difficult because I know that I didn't, like I was not in a great place, like emotionally. And so everyone is going to get to see it now, you know? And it was kind of also a turning point for me because once that happened, I was like, all right, well now the whole world is going to see me like in my like worst kind of like insecure and um, angry, you know, like a side of me that I'm not happy with, or like, you know, a side that comes out sometimes that we all have, but like we try to work on. It's all out there. So I think it was kind of like a turning point because once that happened, I was like, well, that was actually liberating. Right. It was yeah. liberating because 
Now I have nothing to hide, truly. Yeah. I mean, what was, um, you, you were obviously, you were friends with Tinsley before this. So did anybody give you any advice before, you know, cameras started rolling? Yeah, Tinsley, Tinsley did for sure. Mm -hmm. And honestly, even throughout the filming process, the women were still, were like very, it's, it's like a sisterhood. It really is. I did not feel any kind of uh, malice or anything like that. Like they want to see me win. They want to see me fit in with the group. They want to see it work out with the group. And, you know, they were nothing but like helpful to be honest. They were giving me a lot of advice, all of them. Yeah. I mean, for a newbie to come out and I talked to all the all the OGs and to say that like, you know, they have nothing but good things to say about you. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> That's cool. No, I, yeah, I, that makes me happy. Yeah. It, you know, it was interesting. Luann said that she really, that the two of you really bonded and she was actually really surprised about that. And she didn't think that, you know, she obviously liked you very much, but she didn't think that you would get to, on such a deep level. Were you surprised by that as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I was, um, I'm like, what do me and the countess have in common? You know, but we have a lot, we have a lot in common. We really do. And I just adore Luann. I just love her. Like she's just got that Euro kind of chill vibe about her, I guess, because she lived in Europe for so long, but we just, we vibe in a yeah. very deep way. Me and her. I, I mean, we said before that, you know, life is about to change for you. Are you prepared to deal with, you know, the online haters and things like that? And have the girls given you any advice about how to deal with them? Or do you just not care? Honestly, the online hater thing is not even something I like give a shit about. Right. <laughs> Good. You shouldn't. Yeah. And are we going to get to see the, you know, the business side of you as well? Of course. Yeah. My business is definitely highlighted throughout the season. And, you know, I mean, I know Dorinda was like, why aren't you pushing your brand more? Push your brand more. But, you know, I've had my brand for 15 years. Like it's, I'm going to do my brand with or without the show. It doesn't really matter. So, and I'm just more of a person that's like, I'm going to do it, not talk about it, you know? Definitely. So what are you most excited for fans to learn about you then? These are hard questions. Uh, I think that, like, I think, I think fans seeing me and my ex co-parent my daughter in a very loving, healthy way will hopefully, you know, inspire people to do the same if they can. Of course, this is the other thing. It's not like, you know, everybody has a great ex. Some exes are huge. So, sorry, I don't know if I can curse or not, but um, some exes you are you shouldn't be friends with, you know, like some parents aren't good to their children and they shouldn't be around their kids. So I'm not talking about those situations, but I'm just talking about situations where if you can try to have a decent relationship with the father or mother of your child, try to do it. Yeah. Was it hard for you guys to get to that point or were you, you know, always... Co-parenting was always key. It was challenging. Like the first couple years, you know, we're, we were angry at each other. But um, I think we both have the same values. And our daughter, we just knew that it's going to be the best thing for Kiki if me and her dad are able to hang out with her 
as a family and if she doesn't see us you know talking lots of crap about each other <laughs> yeah are you are we gonna see you dating way, which we do yeah. <laughs> are we gonna see you dating at all this season no no, <laughs> <laughs> no that's next season i don't know it's not yeah drought going on right now the quarantine <laughs> is unhelping no, it's definitely not helping the situation. Um, are you, sorry, go ahead. No, between uh, my business, my podcast, my daughter, the show, it's like, how do I have time for anyone? Um, obviously, I'm sure you've been a fan of the Housewives for many, many years, but do you have a favorite Housewife of all time? Um, Teresa from New Jersey, for sure. Why Teresa? She's put her life out there in like such a in a way that no other housewife has you know um and just like just what she's gone through and what she's she's just strong like I just really admire her strength have you gotten the chance to meet her or speak with her at all good I got to meet her we have each other's phone numbers we hung out after BravoCon um so that was pretty cool <laughs> Did you show her the show her the ropes of New York? <laughs> I think she knows them actually. So <laughs> I'm sure she does. We see in the trailer that there's a lot of crazy moments that happen this season. Uh, I think we see you get naked a little bit this season as well. Totally me. Yeah, <laughs> that is me. But I got I got I got a few of the other girls naked too. I'm not going to say who. You have to watch. But. Um, I think I have, yeah, I kind of inspired some of them to also run around naked. So, um, <laughs> Very liberating, right? <laughs> who, um, out of, I'm, we're almost done, but who out of all the women surprised you the most? In a good way or bad way? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was really surprised that me and Sonia didn't hit it off right away, and it took a while for us to warm up to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that was, to me, that was surprising. Um, and then, I guess, just, uh, so that was, like, the, the bad surprise. The good surprise, um, I think, in general, the surprise is that they, they became friends, like, for real. Right. Like it's it's like it's beyond the show and going through the experience of the show together, since no one has the experience except us. Now, I understand it's like going through a war with your soldiers. Right. Like you guys have you have that experience that no one else can understand. So I have this bond with them that I feel like is kind of a lifetime thing. Yeah. It's like a, in an inner circle that nobody really knows about. <laughs> Yeah, like even, I mean, I can't explain it to friends or my family. Like, if you're not in it experiencing it, then you don't get it. Yeah. And why do you think it, you and Sonia didn't hit it off at, at first? I think we're like, I think the differences, you know, there's some similarities with me and her and there's some differences, but the differences are so different that... That it made it difficult. Yeah. No, she lives a little in the past, and like, like that was like an issue for us. Mm-hmm. Got to look towards the future. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to see you on this season. Uh, you're definitely a breath of fresh air. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And stay okay, healthy. Stay, stay sane and healthy. You too. You too. <laughs> I really like Leah. Okay, I yes. Hope- thank you for saying that because after last night's episode, I have cemented in my mind and I will shout it from the rooftops. I love Leah McSweeney. <laughs> I do too. She really brings like a fresh new feel to it. Um, I like her little bu- uh, bucket hat fashion statement. Yes. Um, oh my God. You that know? was, I feel like everyone's going to be talking about it. She just threw out of this sheer bucket hat, but it was quite the fashion statement. It really was. I mean, it kind of confused the ladies a little bit, but I like her. I really do. I like her a lot. I think she, I think she's um, a really good addition. I really love that, you know, between the bucket hat and the tattoos. I mean, yeah, she's really showing the more again, not to sound ageist, but maybe I am this morning, but she's the youthful sort of New York gal and it's sort of making the other ladies sound like little old biddies they're like we don't have tattoos what's with that hat it's like i know what it's 2020 like how are you making fun of someone with a tattoo i don't get it i don't get it either so but you know I don't know. It's very it's it is. It's very interesting. Like you said, it does kind of make them seem like, oh, you you young kids. Why yeah. are you doing things like that? <laughs> and like, even Leah said last night on Housewives, Leah was saying, like, have these women spent time out of their one block radius on the Upper East Side? And that's what they sound like. They sound like they haven't left, you know, 73rd Street in 20 years. They may not have. So, (laughs) I mean, yeah, who knows? Who knows? All right, let's move on to who's being such a liar, Camille. You're such a liar, Camille. As always, this is our segment where we pick somebody who is telling a little bit of a white lie this week. Christina, do you have anybody? (laughs) I did. It was uh, Ramona telling Luann she got the best room in the house, in her Hamptons house. You know, poor Luann was so upset last year about being in the fishbowl room. And Ramona thought she was doing something nice by putting her uh, in the basement. So (laughs) Luann, I'm sorry she didn't get the best room in the house. No, Luann got screwed, okay? They had a whole (laughs) scene where Luann and Ramona went to dinner and Luann even said, hey, don't screw me over. Can you give me a decent room this time? Cut to Luann shows up. She agrees to spend the night at Ramona's even though her house is like three blocks away in the Hamptons. And Ramona's like, oh, this isn't the basement. This is the lower level. It's like... uh, Luann's like, no, you're putting me in the basement and the air conditioning is blasting. I'm freezing and there's no windows. <laughs> it was hysterical. I love the teaser coming up for next week. And like, I, I it seems like Luann leaves and she's like, goodbye from the lower <laughs> level. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Ramo- um, but I agree with you. Ramona was lying. She knew what she was doing by giving her the basement. Oh, she totally did. She totally did. And producers were probably like, give her the basement. Totally, totally. <laughs> All right. How about you, Joe? Uh, similar from last night's episode of The Real Housewives of New York City, going back to Leah and the tattoos and that opening scene when Sonia was acting so appalled by the fact that Leah had tattoos. And then Sonia said she, would, she wouldn't she would be attracted or sleep with a guy with tattoos. Uh, absolutely BS. not. BS. Yeah. And first of all, I'd love to see a lineup of all the men Sonia has slept with. No judgment. 
but I'm sure I could point to like 10 tattoos on all the guys. Okay. I'm sure. I mean, she was, she, <laughs> she really, just, she really went in hard with this whole tattoo thing. Like she was very offended she, that uh, Leah had tattoos. I know. And she even went on to say that if her daughter had a tattoo, she would have a heart attack. I'm like, Sonia is the most sort of like carefree party girl of the bunch. So it was like, I couldn't believe that she was going on and on so much about something that is frankly so normal in 2020. Right. I know. This doesn't make sense. I think she's lying. Uh, She definitely slept uh, with a guy with a tattoo. Okay. (laughs) 100%. 100%. All right. Let's move on to who going to check us, boo? Who going to check me, boo? Yes, Who Gonna Check Us Boo is our segment where we're going to declare something that we don't think anyone can really argue with us on. So no one is going to check us boo about what, Christina? What's yours this week? That Dorinda is going to have a really tough season. I I feel like, you know, the last night kind of really set it up. She's going through a really hard time. You know, she's she said she doesn't, you know, she wakes up so angry. She's like really upset. She hasn't been this upset in, since her husband passed away. So I feel like this is kind of setting us up to, you know, to show us that Dorinda is going to have a really tough time. Yeah, I mean, even me in sad. the Yeah, it, even in the trailer for this season. I mean, I I think it was pretty obvious that Dorinda is going to be a focal point. We saw a lot of the ladies, um, quote unquote, trying to help her in the trailer. And then, like you said, last night, we really got a feel for how vulnerable she is. And I did feel bad because, you know, I didn't know that the Berkshire's house flooded for one. And that's, you know, Christina, as a homeowner, you know, like as when something like that happens, it's a headache. It's a lot of money. And oh, totally. Bluestone Manor up in the Berkshires is a huge home that has been around for a long time. And I'm sure that it did cost a lot of money for her. And I, I forget when things like that happen that Dorinda is alone. I mean, John Medesian needs to step up to the plate and help her out because that's when you really yeah. need to band together with your, you know, counterpart, whoever you you are in life with. Like, those people need to help you because Dorinda feels like she's drowning a little bit, you know? Right. And I wonder if maybe that's one of the reasons why they kind of split up. Maybe he didn't right. really step up to the plate. So uh, we'll see. I feel I feel we'll really see. bad for her. I know. I know. What about you, Joe? Well, mine's a little bit more lighthearted this week because as I was watching the taglines for Beverly Hills, I was loving the whole white theme for the ladies this season. But Funnily enough, Miss Erica Jane was in like a white silver bedazzled Mm -hmm. number. And then when they showed the cast at the end, she was the only one that stood out. And no one can check me, boo, and say that wasn't on purpose. Okay, (laughs) Erica loves standing out. She loves being, you know, the center of attention. (laughs) It was totally on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I I think there was probably a lot of dresses on the rack that were a little bit more subdued that would blend in with the rest. And, you know, Erica, whether it was subconscious or not, clearly went for the most bedazzled number. Don't you think? Oh, 100%. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's like, bravo, send me photos of what all the other girls are wearing and I'm going to one up everybody. 100%. And I mean, if she did it on purpose, subconsciously, consciously, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I love it. It's very Erica Jane. It's very Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it's already making me excited for the next season. I mean, come on. Oh, I can't. 
Yes, I cannot yes. wait. We're going to have so much more information uh, about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills next week. I can't wait. Can't wait. Christina, we've got to get Denise Richards on this podcast. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. We have to because, you know, the, all the drama really surrounds her this season. It's going to be a doozy. I will bug Bravo day in, day out until we get her on. <laughs> yes. yes. I hope so. I hope it all works out. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Getting Real with the Housewives. Make sure to check back next week when we sit down with the ladies of Beverly Hills. But if you need your housewives fixed before then, head on over to usmagazine.com where we've got you covered. And make sure you listen on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Joe, I will talk to you next week. See you next week. 